Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show on this blustery, windy and stormy Thursday afternoon. So what better to go and grab yourself a nice hot cuppa and settle in with us for the next 30 minutes while we talk everything business. So welcome, Blondes. How have you been? Let's start with you, Kim. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been really, really good, thanks. It's been a little bit manic and I do have to apologise to the fact that all of the people that are coming to look at this are going to see my random message that I sent out thinking I was actually just talking to the blondes earlier because I managed to double book myself. So uh, forgive me around saying I'm at an interview, but it's been a great week. I mean, we've obviously we've been celebrating International Women's um, Day and I've been really privileged to go to a number of events. And what's been really lovely is it's been a real celebration, not just of women, but of men. And I've seen people really embracing the fact that actually when we work together, when we do things collectively, that's when we become stronger and that's when we can make a real difference. And I guess that's just been nice to be part of. That's lovely. And you have been really busy, haven't you, this week, delivering your presentations on imposter and self-leadership, self-mastery on International Women's Week. Let's call it International Women's Week this week. Well done, Kim. Thank you. Caroline, how's your week been lovely? It's been great, thank you. Um, I think the overriding uh, theme of the week coming from clients is a feeling of overwhelm. And I've had it quite a few people say I feel a bit overwhelmed. And, I, and some of it is people juggling too much, but it's also the end is nigh, <laughs> which literally means, you know, we're coming to the end of this and somehow it's become a bit stressy. So I think that's what I'm hearing. That, and when I trained to be a coach years ago, I remember the coach trainer saying, overwhelm is a choice. Well, I tell you what, it doesn't feel like it does. <laughs> it's like, whoa, let it stop. But if you do one thing at once and stay in the present, that does help. I think there are some people thinking, can't wait for this to be over. And some people thinking it's actually quite stressy to be going back out, not working from home anymore, and then the full, full life coming in again. So, you know, overwhelm, everyone's in the same boat at the moment. Joe, I can resonate with that because you all know that I've been really keen for the 8th of March when the children go back to school and I was the one, woo -woo, you know, but actually I saw it as a real inconvenience and a little bit stressy because now I've got to leave the house. So now I'm used to starting work and just, you know, doing what I do without having to think about anything else other than, you know, practically being on these squares. This is my life eight hours a day. So now I have to factor in two school runs, which I'm not used to. We haven't done that for ages. So I resonate with that. We're having to change and adapt to the new, new, whatever the new, new is. So that, that's really interesting, Caroline. Penny, lovely. How's your week been? Yeah, it's been good. Last week I was, um, I was in that sort of lower mood myself. And then this week it's other people that are telling me they're feeling their mojos a little bit. I think it's that feeling, isn't it? It's listening to Caroline. You know, it's 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 that sort of it's darkest before dawn or whatever that expression is, where I think everybody's feeling like, okay, I know we're coming out, but it's we need to get on with it now. It's like waiting for Christmas. The nearer it gets, as you as a child, the longer it feels away. And um, so, um, but I've had a, I've had a nice week. I've had a lovely International Women's um, Week. Actually, There's some amazing people out there. Some amazing women. Um, which is it's just wonderful to celebrate that. So I've really enjoyed it. That's really lifted me actually a lot this week. That that buzz and doing the speaking and and everything. So I've had a, I've had an enjoyable week. Thank you. 
Oh, that's lovely. And talking about amazing women, let me introduce you to our guest this week. And Rachel Barrett, welcome to the show. So before I do your formal intro, how's your week been? I've had a really good week, actually. I've been back in the office this week, um, preparing for a slight return. Um, so I've been checking out the office. We've actually taken on an additional floor. So our premises have grown. Um, and I agree with everything you're saying. I think I, I was saying um, be before we came live that a lot of people have probably been feeling quite a bit flat, you know, leading up the, maybe over the last month or so. But actually, I'm, I'm feeling now that people are starting to get more excited. They can see the light at the end of the tunnel or they can actually feel it. You know, it's actually coming now and preparing for that. And I think it is lifting people's spirits. And hopefully we're going to see the, the results of that soon as well. So, yeah, I've had a really great week. Thanks for asking. That's brilliant. So we talk a lot on, on this show about having to be uh, resilient, having to be brave and having to really put your big girls knickers on at times. Um, and you're no stranger to that, Rachel. So 10 years you've been in business, but you've been on a journey where you've really had to demonstrate huge amounts of bravery and strength right from day one um, in your 10 year journey, as I said. So take us back to that day one. Take us back to you know, what happened and why you had to be so much more braver than I've had to be in my 10 years in business. <laughs> um, I'll take you back just a little bit before then, just to explain why I, I set up HR Elite and, and then the journey that, that I've had and the team have had since then. So just over 10 years ago, probably near to 11 years ago, I took a career break from um, my job as a HR manager. I've been working in the NHS in HR for 15 years. So really stable, in a really stable position, work, working hard. Um, but my two girls, I've got two daughters, um, they were both getting nearer and nearer to school age. And I wanted to spend as much time as I could with them before they were at school. And, and then that, that time was really taken away from me. So I, I asked if I could have a year's career break and, and that was accepted. Took some time out. Um, and whilst I was off, people kept saying to me, are you going to go back? Are you, you're actually going to go back to your, to your job? And I had every intention of doing so. I absolutely loved my job as a HR manager. Um, and it was actually my old boss who I used to work for. She said to me, why don't you set up your own HR business? You know, you're, you're more than capable. And I thought, me? Little old Rachel setting up a, a business, you know, I can't do that. I need to be employed by somebody. Um, but it got me thinking. And to be honest, I didn't really take it that seriously at first. But I had a bit more time on my hands, obviously, being at home with the girls. So I started researching um, local HR companies, what they actually did to support small to medium sized businesses. Obviously, I worked in a large NHS trust in London. We had about 4,000 staff. We had an internal HR department. So setting up a local HR consultancy was quite different because obviously for the smaller businesses, they wouldn't need um, to have internal HR functions, but they would need to access HR advice. So it was quite a different concept to what I was used to. Looked into it, found that there wasn't too much competition in the area. And this silly idea suddenly became a dream of mine. Um, so I kept pushing forward, kept researching, understanding the business model, and then just went for it and um, handed in my notice, didn't return from my career break and set up HR Elite. So it was fantastic. 
uh, really excited um, on this journey, scared, because even though I knew HR, I didn't know a lot about business and running a business, but I was still really excited about it and, and very passionate about what, what could be achieved from it. And then something really terrible happened. Um, two weeks after setting up the business, my husband died suddenly of a brain hemorrhage. So had no idea it was coming. Literally one evening, he didn't come to bed and I found him downstairs on the floor. My girls were three and seven at the time, so they were still really young. It had only been two weeks. I'd left my secure job in the NHS and, and set up a business. And we all know that, you know, starting out in business can be really, really tough. Um, so it would have been quite easy for me um, to have asked for my old job back. I know that they hadn't filled the position. I know that I was a, a valued employee. And I, I truly believe that if I'd said, you know, can I come back? They, they would have said yes. But I think um, probably my strength as an individual anyway, I've always been quite an independent woman. Um, and also, I think the fact that Bill had died and I wanted to prove to the world that I could do this. I wasn't going to let this thing that had happened to me knock me back down and, and not be able to achieve this dream that, that had suddenly become something that I really wanted to do. Plus, it, my girls, they were a massive boss in um, you know what I've been through over the last 10 years. And even though they were very young at the time, I wanted to demonstrate to them that their mum was really strong. And obviously you want your children to, to be strong. And I was hoping that they could learn to become strong women as well through through seeing how I was. So I continued with it. And um, 10 years later. What, what a great message, though, on International Women's Week, you know, to, yes. <laughs> to demonstrate that I wanted to be a strong woman. I wanted to give that message out to my children, my girls, you know, that even through so much adversity, you, you could do it. You could yeah. you could through. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and you know, the team, they've seen that as well. They're they're all aware of, of what's happened and you know how I started out and started um the business. And I think they've all, all got strength from that as well. So it's mm. it was tough. It was really tough at the beginning, and I'm not gonna pretend that it was easy. Um and, and that's really a, a big point that I wanted to get over today about having to have a positive mindset. I could have quite easily let the grief take hold of me and, and bring me down and, and not have achieved what I wanted to achieve. And then, as I said, it's the message that it sends to the girls. Um, but I, I just wanted to keep ploughing ahead. And as I say, we're, we're still in business 10 years later, which I'm really proud about. Um, the team has grown. So obviously I was starting out on my own. And over the 10 years, we've grown as a business. We have eight fantastic staff. And a really nice thing, a, a nice little story that's come out of it is my oldest daughter is 17 now, and she actually started working for HR Elite back in September. She's doing a marketing apprenticeship. So thinking back 10 years ago when she was seven and she lost her dad, and now now she's 17, she's working for HR Elite. She's, she's doing really well at it as well. I'm so proud of her. Um, it just shows how, you know, how things can change over time and, and the successes that you can actually get when, when at the beginning it was all looking so bleak and horrible. And actually, I, I'm so happy. I, I couldn't be happier as to how things have turned out. So, yeah, it's brilliant. And as I say, you've got a fantastic team as well. Um, every, everyone's doing a fantastic job. And whilst we've been in lockdown and working from home, 
Um, and we've managed to get through that okay. I'm actually really looking forward to us all coming back together, coming back to the office when we can and when the time's right. And I think we've we've got lots of good times ahead of us. So it's it's really exciting. Oh wow, Rachel, what what an inspiration. And I can't begin to imagine what you must have gone through and the strength that you've shown to follow your dream and to set that example for your for your daughters. You must be amazingly proud of them, but I can't imagine how amazingly proud they are also of you for what you've achieved, oh. the stand that you've set for them, which is kind of what we all try to do for our children, but mm. just breathtaking. I don't even know what questions we, we can ask because <laughs> there's so many, but what, you know, obviously you've now you've now grown and you, you've got a team and you've built that that great culture. What did you learn when you kind of now started to, build it big enough to kind of go and get a team and what new challenges and, and tips could you share for us about that? Mm. For, for me, um, I work in HR. So we're, we're experts in people. We're experts in, in staff. Um, but for me, I wanted to be the best leader that I could be. And it does come naturally to me in, in some regard, but there's also a lot of hard work that I've done on myself. And for HR Elite to be successful, for the team to feel comfortable, for them to feel a part of this fantastic culture that, that we've created, I really had to look at myself and the person that I needed to be to be able to develop them, guide them and lead them. Um, so what one tip, I suppose, is about looking at yourself. I've, I've done a lot of self-reflection, a lot of self-management as well. Sometimes when emotions get high or you're stressed or something like that, you need to be able to make sure that, that you're in control and, and that you're actually role modelling the correct behaviours. Um, I think another tip to give is I wasn't a massive risk taker. I had my secure job in the NHS. I've been there for 15 years uh, worked the way up the ranks from when I was 20 right up to when I was 36 when I left um, and had that had that security there but um, it's it's about making sure that obviously you're demonstrating those leadership qualities and that the people are on that journey with you um, and building in a bit more risk taking so I think over the 10 years I've become more confident um, and in business, you do have to take risks, calculated risks. You know, you need to be careful, particularly at the moment. But I think if I think about the journey, it, it was the confidence that was building. As, as I say, I knew a, an awful lot about HR when I first started out um, with HR Elite. But I didn't know a lot about running a business at, at all, to be honest with you. So I think as the years have passed by and I've grown a lot more confident in, in what we're doing and, and also had some really fantastic res results from that, it's allowed me to be more of a risk taker. So that's something else I've definitely learned about myself over the 10 years. I've, I've certainly taken a few more risks more recently than, than what I would have ever done back 10 years ago. So, yeah, in terms of the journey, I, I think that there's a couple of things there that, that I really kind of resonate with and and, and recall, you know, quite prominent things that have happened throughout that time. Rachel, I'd like to ask you, because a lot of people are struggling with resilience at the moment. We're on that last push, you know, the sort of, it's hard to get over the finish line. Do you have any tips that have worked for you for, for resilience, staying resilient, keeping going, keeping going yeah. when things are tough? Yeah, I mean, definitely. 
if you think about you know the the humongous challenge that I had ten years ago, um, my two girls they were probably the biggest thing that that got me through the last ten years. Um, obviously, not everybody has children, but it, it's really for me. I kept looking at the positive things in my life, and and there was a there was a lot of positive things. Bill dying was awful and tragic, and it was a huge loss to to me and the girls. And that will never that's that's not going to be replaced, you know. But I also had an awful lot of positive things that, that were in my life. My children, a really supportive family, a really brilliant friendship group. When I started HR Elite, there were lots of business associates I, I got to know that were really helpful and genuinely wanted to help me make HR Elite a success and, and share their ideas and, you know, their knowledge and, and so on. So I think um, it's about you, you have to consciously make yourself be positive at times. I could have quite easily sat there thinking the world owes me a favour. I've had this terrible thing happen. I didn't deserve it. So the world the world owes me something. But I, I never thought that because life isn't like that, unfortunately. And I knew that if I wanted my life to be better and that I wanted to get out of my grief and, you know, all the suffering that I was going through at the time, I was the only one that was going to be able to make that happen. So I think a, a real tip in terms of resilience is that sometimes we have to work hard to be positive. You know, we can't just expect it to happen. Some of us are really lucky in life and get some really great things happening to us. But, but probably for the majority of, the, of us, we have got to work hard at it. And I think trying to be positive by looking at what you do actually have in life that's really great, that, that certainly helped me. And that's certainly a conversation I've been having with my, my daughter lately. She's feeling quite sad that she hasn't seen her friends and, you know, that, that um, she hasn't been able to go out and shopping and things like that. And I keep trying to remind her of all of the brilliant things she's got in her life. And a conversation we had last night actually turned from her being quite upset and feeling quite down to her getting in touch with one of her friends. They're making arrangements for, for when they can meet up. And, and at the end of the evening, she was feeling quite positive and chirpy. So, you can see just in that really short period of time how actually focusing on the positive can actually make a really big difference to your mindset and, and the resilient side of things. It's amazing, Rachel. How lovely for your daughter that you sit down and talk with her like that and everything. <laughs> the gift you're giving her is amazing. Oh, I always think resilience you. is like a muscle, isn't it? I bet you see this with your with the businesses that you support on HR, you know, yeah. people feel adversity. They have this imagination of, oh, my God, this could happen, this could happen, and they fear it. And then when they actually find themselves in it, we have a superpower, don't we, in us? Mm. It's just amazing. And um, you've certainly proven that. So uh, in your with your expertise around HR and all the challenges that a lot of your businesses you support must have, what's the big thing going forward do you think is going to be really important for companies? Yeah, um at the moment, um, we're getting a lot of queries about furlough, um, about we've, we've dealt with uh, advised on a lot of redundancies, unfortunately. And it's it's very reactive. The advice we're giving at the moment is very reactive HR. But we are going to come out of this pandemic and things will hopefully get back to a, a bigger level of normality, what we were used to before March last year. Um, we know that a lot of workforces have had to reduce their teams and, and they've got leaner workforces now. 
So I really believe that if you want to still be successful, you've still got to deliver the same services, you still want to deliver them to the, the same level of quality and so on, then you need to make sure you're getting the best out of the staff that you have remaining. Um, and that's where we obviously do give HR advice, sickness, absence, disciplinaries, dismissals, etc. But we feel that at HR Elite, we're really going to be able to help businesses get the best performance out of their staff. We've got some fantastic packages to, to offer there. Um, because as I say, we've, with a leaner workforce now, you want the staff you have got working for you, working to, to their optimum performance. So I think it's going to be about making sure that the staff are doing their best, they're happy, they're satisfied, they're engaged, and then hopefully the success of the business will, will come from the, the staff yeah. performing the best of their abilities. I mean, something that's sort of a, an un, unintended consequence of this is that this whole subject of mental health and mental fitness has really grown. Is that something that you're noticing a lot in your clients? Are they interested in that subject of, of how they manage their the staff's mental health? Yeah, it's it's come up a little bit more in terms of clients contacting us directly about it. Obviously, you know, if you read your social media, it's on LinkedIn, Facebook, an awful lot. And I, I do believe that well-being, it, it should be a very hot topic. And I do actually think that it is going to be um, something that we seriously need to invest our time in. Um, because I do believe that, you know, as people start returning to work, we are going to have some serious issues that, that employers need to be dealing with. We're actually working hard at the moment in putting some support packages together. But if I'm completely honest with you, I feel that employers are, are still being a bit, they're kind of pushing it under the carpet at the moment. And I don't think they should be doing that because it's it's going to come, you know. So the best thing employers can do is to be prepared for that yeah, because I, I, I don't think we're going to be able to avoid it. And actually, as a, as a good employer, you want to be able to support your staff in the right way and therefore mm. looking into what kind of well-being packages, mental health support packages um, can, can help that, that company, I think is, is really vital and, and will become very vital. You, you won't we, be able to ignore it in a couple of months. We were talking about this, weren't we, Kim Adele, a few, a few weeks ago about you know, heading into the new disaster, which is how we're supporting the leaders and who's leading the leaders. And, and we are the leaders and who's supporting us and how we're making sure that we self mental fitness as well as the leaders that are coming in that you know if, if you look at the stats that myself and kim were looking at a couple of weeks ago it it's alarming how many of our leaders are suffering from depression and anxiety and we have to manage that because we've got to manage them coming in and they're all going to be giving out messages we've got to manage the messages that they're going to be giving out to our teams so it's a massive subject, isn't it, Kim? It is a massive subject. I just think that there's also, it's interesting, the three speeches on Monday I was hired to deliver was around mental fitness, but taking personal responsibility for your mental fitness. And it's about, you know, I don't point, you, I wouldn't ever have pointed at my the company that I worked for and said, you're not keeping me physically healthy enough. And it's the same, you know, I think it was my job to be physically fit. And, and I know the culture of a company and everything like that, but I do think that, it's equipping them to self-empower and understand how to become mentally fit as well. So it is a very, it's going to be a very important topic. And, and I was interesting on Monday, one of the big corporates that I spoke to when I was getting a brief from her, the HR lady that hired me said, I said, what's your wellbeing um, policy? And she said, well, we've just bought them all a license to uh, calm. And that was it, tick box, done. 
that they're just going to be able to listen to calm if they want to. And it was like, oh, got, we got a long way to go if that's the way people are treating it. Yeah, yeah to be fair, it's scary, isn't it? I mean, there were some um, statistics from the UK Mental Health Association that shows that um, the employee assistance programmes that we've got currently aren't actually hitting the mark. They're they're kind of prevention, they're not cure, they're not they're at the ambulance end of the market rather than trying to help people before they get there. And that actually, you know, the compelling stat for me was that if we invested properly in employee well-being, that the impact in the UK alone is worth eight billion pounds per annum on the bottom line of small business of, of all of our businesses. So, you know, if ever there were a compelling stat to say we should be doing this, Rachel, to your point, you know, we should be investing in better mental well-being, better mental fitness, better assistance programs. The fact that it could put eight billion on our economy should be the thing that gets us all going. Do you know what? If I wasn't going to do it just because it's the right thing to do, I'm going to do it because it's going to really help us. I think you're right, Kim, and I think like this is why it's, it's brilliant to have Rachel on the show because you can tell us, Rachel, from an HR point of view, you know what can we do to to prepare and what can we do now to make sure that because that that eight billion is about retaining talent, isn't it? Rather than you know letting them go off with um, long-term health issues due to anxiety and, and Rachel what as an HR company what what do you suggest what do you offer your clients in terms of, of helping us with this new pandemic I think communication is absolutely key um, we know there's a stigma stigma around mental health if people can be talking more then somebody who might be suffering, they might be feeling low, they might actually have a more serious mental health condition, but they feel they can actually talk to somebody, whether that's their manager, whether it's a colleague, then I think that that is actually the really crucial point here. Um, there's obviously lots of other things that companies could be doing. There's mental health first aid training, there's mental health awareness, being able to recognise the signs in individuals if they are starting to act slightly differently. Is it because they're feeling low? Are they feeling depressed? Are they feeling anxious? Um, and, and as I say, talk, talking about it. And I know we hear that all the time. There was there was that advert on the telly, wasn't there, a, a while ago about somebody coming into the office and talking. But it really is so crucial. And it's such a simple thing to do. You know, it's not going to cost lots and lots of money. You've just got to be able to, to talk about mental health, your well-being, and feel comfortable about that, you know. So, as I say, there, there are there is training. Um, there's certain packages we offer. But I think the first thing is being able to communicate and, and people feel feeling comfortable um, being able to do that as well. I love that, Caroline. You've you've put on the the chat talking therapies work, but you have to train the listener. Yeah. And I mean, this week's been a huge example of that, hasn't it, with regards to Megan and Harry and the absolute fallout that's come from from that um and one you know massive great journalist that's just obviously walked out of the show because of it caroline what was you going to say about that well i was going to say when you share things and it is good to talk to others you have to share with someone who can hold that space for you yeah. you don't want to share that vulnerabilities with an office gossip or someone who's going to turn and drop it on the floor or not hold it properly and i think listening is a, an act of love and truly listening to someone without judgment and interruption is something we could all learn for because these things here never get you in trouble. This, this thing does. So if you can just listen with love and understanding and patience and confidentiality, 
that is a huge therapy and a lovely service for somebody but you have to sort of train people to listen in that way i love that well unbelievably we've come to the end of the show um and it's this part of the show and we say it every week how fast it goes don't we ladies but it's this part of the show that we like to leave you with a tip a tip that you can take into your week so rachel i'm going to come to you first if that's okay what's your biggest tip that you'd like to share with our audience today I think it's continuing what I've been saying all along today, and that's about um, positive mindset. You know, things are awful at the moment. We're in a world that, that we've never experienced before, but we, you know, and it is tough. Don't get, don't get me wrong, it is absolutely tough. But if we can try and be positive, if we can try and actively be positive, then I think that's going to be a really great help to a lot of people out there. Yeah, I love it. Thank you, Rachel. And Penny? Yeah, well, I did a the post, the Business Brom post this week was called What is Success? And I think that we've all had nearly a year to self-analyze and reflect and experience a new different type of life. And I think what a waste if we don't actually use that as we go into the next phase. So I would say use this week to maybe have some time to reflect on all the things you've discovered about yourself in a different in, in this different world that we're in at the moment, because I think you might feel that you've discovered some areas of your life where your definition of success has changed, you know, and so maybe do some reflection time. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. And Kim. Oh, so many uh, things come to mind. What, what an amazing um, chat. I think probably similar to, to Rachel is like, look for the positives, um, you know, in, in everything. I am a big believer that everything in life, is either a lesson, a blessing or both, as long as we choose to view it that way. So when things aren't going quite right, look for the lesson. And when things are going right, count your blessings. Mm. Well, that's lovely, thank you. And Caroline, please. If you're in business, my question to you is, where, where are you offering hope in your business at the moment? So obviously Rachel's offering better teams, happier teams. So just put this out to yourself. How am I offering hope to my clients? What am I, and we all need hope right now. So really have a deeper think about that. What hope am I giving to the people I work with? I love that, that's really nice. And just to finish, mine would follow that actually with think about the message that we're giving out. We're all giving out messages all the time through platforms like this or any others and our own behavior. So that we're giving out make sure it's a good one so Rachel thank you so much you really did make me go goosey as you were sharing your story um thank you for being you know sharing your utmost vulnerabilities with us this week and I have the pleasure of knowing you but it's been lovely listening to you share your story with the blondes thanks Rachel so much well, thank you for having me thanks for having me on the show and if you'd like to be where Rachel is Kim how would they do that of course. Um, if you'd like to take Rachel's seat, then please do get in touch with us at www.businessblondes.tv. I'm sure, like me and the rest of us, you've been inspired by Rachel's amazing journey. So thank you so much, Rachel. And for everybody, thanks for watching. See you next week. Have a good one. Mm -hmm.